I'm hitting record for uh, Without Remorse, Dave. Oh, is that what we're starting with? All right. All right. Let's do this. I, excuse me. I'm getting that wrong. It's Tom Clancy's uh, yeah. Without Remorse. <laughs> I only noticed that when I went to log it on Letterboxd. So I was like, oh, fancy, are we? You want your name uh, above the title. This is not Without Remorse. Starring blah, 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 based on a book written by Tom Clancy. Go, oh, no. <laughs> All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way, you're in my path. Look at that. All of my emotions feel the same. What a laugh. Cover your tattoo. Get that now with the Alec Baldwin to Harrison Ford, late 80s, early 90s, Jack Ryan series, because those were Jack Ryan movies, but I don't remember them having to, uh, like they did with Chris Pine, like, you know, Jack Ryan, <laughs> Shadow Recruit. Shadow Recruit, yeah. Like, they just sort of made the assumption that you're there for Harrison Ford, and like, oh, it's he's Jack Ryan again. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, and I kind of miss those days, this this sort of branding. Uh, it's like, you know, Pepsi-Cola presents Jack Ryan. <laughs> yes. <and this. laughs> yeah, I mean, I think actually kind of an interesting point, because I think, you know, obviously, you know, the Jack Ryan books were massively popular, like international bestsellers, sure. So it was kind of a known commodity. And then you put, you know, relative movie stars in these roles, and it becomes a brand unto itself. Right, you didn't have to. Is that a shot on Alec Baldwin as the relative movie star? Because Harrison you know, Ford here's is the thing. capital. So you know me, M, you know me too S. well. Because I started to say movie star, and then I was like, well, because <laughs> I was just thinking about Harrison Ford. And actually, interestingly, like as I watched this movie, it's one of the things I kept thinking about. Like it's of course connected to the Jack Ryan series. Um, this this lead character has been featured in some of those movies before, obviously not with Michael B. Jordan, uh, but with people like Willem Dafoe, because, you know, you, you think the same kind of roles when you think Willem Dafoe and Michael exactly B. Jordan. Same, same mm-hmm. guy, sure. basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see Michael B. Jordan in the lighthouse. Yeah. Same performance. Same <laughs> totally. Thing. Lots of farting. It would be great. <laughs> um, and I kept thinking, because, uh, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it, like, even though I've heard a lot of negative things about Without Remorse, I like this movie a lot. Um, I enjoyed it very much, but I feel the same. Oh, Can good. I express surprise that right before we started recording, I said, "Oh, let's get the Rotten Tomatoes page up because we usually pull it's, a quote." Say like forty-five. I, I thought this would be sixty-five, seventy-five percent is kind of in my head. Like, yeah, it's, mm. that, that's a good action movie. I kind of wish this was uh, had made it to the summer season when theaters reopen. Uh, but no, it uh, not as well liked. Uh, we do not have the official. I guess seal of approval from off-screen death on here. Forty-four percent from the critics, forty-six percent from the audience score. Yeah, what the hell? So I think one of the interesting things about the the Jack Ryan film series is that you have a guy who's not a badass, right? He's a guy who's thrown into a situation maybe he doesn't quite understand, and he's trying to get his way out with intelligence and subtlety. Um, and that is not what we have. And without remorse, we have a certified badass. I think they even say it in his introduction uh, when they're going on this first mission. Oh, he's, this isn't a smart ass. This is a badass. I think it's literally the line. So it's a little the bit different. Only, only way you're going to get the drop on Michael B. Jordan here is if he is in his basement with noise canceling headphones. <laughs> yes. 
rocking out to his music, uh, snacking. I can't remember what he's snacking on, but yeah. he's really intense about it. Yes. Uh, probably something not too, uh, not too on the unhealthy side, given his physique. Right. Uh, right. But right. Smart yes, pop this, popcorn instead of yeah, Orville something Rimbacher. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the uh, sort of tact they take with this guy as he's. More in the vein of, I think, what they were going for with the Jack Reacher film series, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never say anything negative about Tom Cruise. Well, not the first um, one, anyway. The second one, you could say negative things about. <laughs> but I remember there being some pushback from the, I guess, fan base of Jack Reacher, which this is one time with these these type of books that I don't feel bad about being the guy that's like, I'll just watch the movie, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, this this seems prime for, like, dumb action movie material. I don't need to read 300 pages on this. But Jack Reacher, the fan base, I guess, uh, were upset because they didn't cast someone who was like six eight. It was Too just like short, a monster, this little baby Tom Cruise. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, he's too short. If the character is like an NBA, like power forward, yes, sure, good luck with that. I'm finding an actor to fill those <laughs> those particular shoes. Um, Michael B. Jordan, though, mm-hmm. uh, they're going there for that, they're, and they they make sure to have a uh, prison. Oh my god! Let's, Jailhouse okay. fight sequence. Hold there. up, we got to talk about that because that is honestly. You remember when we were we were talking about uh, all about Steve, and you said, you know, I can't possibly give this movie a negative review because it has a sex positive character doing mm-hmm. this, right? Right. This is how I feel about this movie. Um, I could not possibly give a negative review to any movie with this scene in it. You could put garbage around the entire rest of it if you have that prison scene. I'm in, man. And Michael B. Jordan really carries that and sells that. Like, you know, it's kind of set up. He knows they're coming in, you know, takes off his shirt. The man looks like a, looks like an action figure. Uh, like, you know, traps, <laughs> traps to the gods well, and huge arms. Like, he just looks just like he can handle it. A little more detail there. Uh, takes off one shirt. That's mm-hmm. for, that's for all the audience members out there. Picks up another shirt and you're like, oh, he's, he's going to oh, put that one on. But no, he wraps it. Suit? <laughs> No, the other shirt. One's for the sink. One's for his his, uh, his mitts. Oh, it's and, so good. Uh, so my good. letterbox review. I'm going to slam you. I'm going to attack you every week. I, I post a letterbox review. If it has no <laughs> likes, I attack you directly because I can talk to you on the show. My three and a half star review of Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Uh-huh. So even on Letterbox, that bullshit. Michael B. Jordan likes to get wet. Yeah. Okay. That was it. That is getting a like later today. That is guaranteed. (laughs) I thought it would appeal to both, you know, perverts and people who had seen the film alike. A pretty broad base on Letterboxd, but so far, no good. That should be on the poster. That, that should be. (laughs) I mean, certainly I would click that square on uh, Amazon Prime. Did you, uh, have any issue? I kind of mentioned that, alluded to it at the start of this conversation, that uh, since we're right on the cusp of movie theaters reopening, and mm-hmm. you and I are luckily uh, both, you know, of the vaccinated people, I feel very bad for people who want but can't mm-hmm. get it and detest the ones who can get it and are refusing it. But I did feel like, man, this would have been a great way, for me at least, and probably for you, to kick off mm-hmm. going back to the theaters. This is a uh, this is dumb summer fun. Mike, this should have been the movie that we saw together. This should have been the one. This would have been What did we... I, I planted the flag for a Billy Crystal, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish <laughs> buddy comedy of sorts, which is not what I envisioned at the summer movie season, but no. uh, we'll take it, I guess. But yeah, this one, uh, I felt for the first time in uh, COVID times... That uh, my television was not 
doing mm-hmm. it the surface. I did, I just didn't have the vibe that I wanted watching this, and yeah. I, I enjoyed it. But I felt like, yes, I want the spectacle. I want the big soda and the popcorn for this. Totally. And uh, I have a review for you that, as I said, I was shocked at how fucking negative. I shouldn't be when I go on the internet how negative people are. But here is <laughs> a two and a half out of four star uh, non splat. So I don't mm. know if rotten just like, barely. <laughs> And this one from the Chicago Chicago Tribune, something to kill 100 minutes or so while you're avoiding something else delivered in an impersonal but not unskillful manner. Mm. A little backhanded compliment there. (laughs) (laughs) You're good at creating boring movies, I guess. Thank you, uh, Michael Phillips, for uh, your great enthusiasm (laughs) that I had to really bend over backwards to find to read off on this show. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of this a little bit like Inside Baseball, but anytime Mike contacts me and is like we're going to record tomorrow or this is the movie we're going to do and i usually just text back okay and then he tells me get excited so i write back okay uh with exclamation points and that's what that feels is like come on guy get a little excited about this you don't have to be so so cool about this so here's the thing about this movie is that there's actually a lot of things that I don't like about it, and I get why people were negative on it, but there's enough good in it for me to not care. Like, yes, you have seen this movie before. It's a straight up, it's a revenge story, right? The man's wife, his pregnant wife is killed uh, while he's in the house. He fights back and he gets injured, and now he's trying to track down the last guy who is connected just to him. Just give him a name. Right. He just needs a yeah, name. Just he's, give me a name. He's got so, bullet holes in his body. He wakes right. up and immediately demanding names. Right. It's pretty standard. Um, and then him, I think him finding out who the real bad guy is, is pretty telegraphed. Like, I don't think it's a big mystery. I think you could kind of see it coming, unfortunately. I won't. I won't spoil it, but I was not happy. I bet you were. I I thought of you. I thought of you. This, uh, (laughs) let's say, actor enters the scene. I go from, oh, joy, I love him, to, ah, come on. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know where this is going. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff you know where it's going, but the, the journey is good enough for me. I mean, I think, you know, that... You know, there's three or four uh, well-choreographed action scenes. Um, they could have done more. I think I think you can tell there's not a huge amount of money behind this. They could have done more with the settings. Um, it, it feels like it could have taken place anywhere. Um, so they give you title cards to tell you, like, oh, we're in this country now, just so you know. Uh, but the scenes within that, I think, are really good. I think Michael B. Jordan is great. Uh, I think the man was born to be an action star. Like, he's a great dramatic actor as well but like he's got obviously the physique but he's also got like the the stoicism with the little bit of humor and then the humanity when he's with his wife i mean i think that stuff all really works really well um i like the relationship he has with his commanding officer uh played by jody turner smith which is nice to see a female commanding officer that doesn't end up being some sort of like romantic subplot like it's just like you could cast that role as a man and it's just as effective. And I think she's really good there too. Like, I just think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. And I, I love Michael B. Jordan. There is a, um, there's a mid credit scene that is very, uh, obviously a setup for sequels, but also very touching, uh, given, uh, the name that they drop in the middle of there. Like, I thought that stuff worked really well. Like, I had a really good time watching this. I was shocked when I, cause I purposely kind of avoided you know, spoilers and people's opinions on this. And I watched this. This is like, this is like your reaction to The Last Jedi and mine, actually, where we watched it. We're like, that was really good. Who could possibly hate this? And then you go online and you're like, I mean, I saw, you know, 
you know, writers I actually respect, you know, putting up stuff like, you know, Without Remorse is a terrible movie. It does nothing well. And I was like, what movie did you watch? Were you were you paying attention? Like, and again, just that prison fight scene. Good. Like, I don't know how you watch that and aren't like this fucking rules. And maybe you just don't like action movies. Okay. Maybe that's Let it. me. I keep sort of banging this drum. Do you think this is a reflection? It's almost like we've we've lost the uh, uh, the sort of weather gauges uh, of the summer movie season, where this would come out. Um, maybe it would make a lot of money. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But if it was a hit, uh, I feel like that's the check to people like being incredibly negative, especially a comment of like this does nothing well. What is the purpose of this? Because the old purpose used to be crowd pleaser right. and it made money. And so now no one really knows what's a hit anymore on the streaming service or not. And even when they shout it from the rooftops, we don't believe them uh, that 200 million people watched it this weekend. It It's just not as defined as the theatrical experience, not only just in the box office numbers, but that sense of sitting with like that sort of communal experience of people gasping, or you can tell having a fun two hour yeah. time at the movies it is different just sitting alone in your yeah. house, maybe getting on Twitter, because uh, I, I really do doubt that the people that love the Alamo Draft House uh, apply the same rules to their home viewing experience <laughs> as far as getting on, being Probably snarky not. while they're watching something. Uh, and this is one, um, I guess I, I'm an outlier. I, I didn't pick up my phone. I just watched it. I just had fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that uh, streaming is not just for best picture winner nomadland premiering on hulu where it's like look we know one's gonna we know no one's gonna come see this so right. we're gonna shove it uh next to desperate housewives and hope someone accidentally clicks on it and uh and finds it i i had fun with this and i yes it's not groundbreaking in any way other than it's an old-fashioned star it, vehicle for it, Michael B. Jordan, which it, is what I want. And that's I want the thing. The- I, I don't think it's trying to be. And I think everyone is looking for something to be groundbreaking. Like, sometimes it's just an action movie. And that's okay. And I think we've lost sight of that. And I think well, some of it's because we've had a lot, of, a lot of great action movies in the past 10 years. And we've is forgotten- John Wick groundbreaking? So, no. But- it, it, I think that is the, and I love John Wick. Like I am a, and the first one I think is the best of the bunch. I absolutely adore it. But I think a lot of the reaction to that was because we had gone so long without that kind of action movie. And then we came back and it was Keanu Reeves coming to the forefront, doing his own stunts. And it looked uh, as real as something like that can. And people were excited. But now it's like, if you made that exact movie now, people were like, eh, we've seen it. Well. And I'm I'm not just stacking the deck for my argument here, but <clears throat> no one had much in the way of expectations for that movie. I remember when it came out that I, I mean, good God, in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, which unfortunately for you, well, I was about to say unfortunately for you, you're going to find out, but we have to have theaters return first in full force before screenings come back around. How rare it is in Lexington, Kentucky, that they're doing an early sneak peek uh, and wanting people to, you know, do the little mm. stay after and like, what did you like? What did you dislike? We got John Wick. Oh, and I, wow. I guess I guess they're coming out to the sticks, like to the the country bumpkins, to be like this, you guys like this, fighting, you guys like violence, and guns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's give them some meat and potatoes here. But that was sort of a slow building, word of mouth. Like, no, 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 this is actually really good. You should really check out John Wick type thing. And I don't know on streaming if people are having those conversations. And so I I feel like this is something that. Like you and I are saying, 
it looks like a gen- it's a generic title that I'm making fun of. I do like Michael B. Jordan, but I would, I would have that experience at work where I'm like, actually, I had a really good time with it. You should check it out. Right. I, I don't <laughs> – there seems to be like a, an utter disdain and uh, like an acceptance of how disposable things are where it's like, well, I mean – yeah, you could waste your time on this, or you could move over on your Apple TV to the Criterion channel and watch a lot <laughs> of better things, which is interesting because one of the films that I've selected for an upcoming episode uh, I found on Turner Classic Movies, and it's hard to discern why that's considered a classic now when right. it's total kind of trashy genre fare at the time, this like pseudo-thriller thing. And so I'm not saying that Without Remorse is going to be on the Criterion channel in 40 years. God, I hope so. <laughs> I I would dig it, though. I would love yeah. to see it. In our, in our lifetime, I would love to see this one pop up one month. As, like, I mean, right now, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is on there. So who knows? There you know? You like, And that leaves at the end of this month, by the way. So if you want to watch that on Criterion channel, that's that's uh, do it now. But yeah, I think we've also lost sight of the, the kind of the mid-range I think there is, you know, we've talked about this a lot, both on mic and off, that one, there is, there's only two opinions you're allowed to have. Um, this is the best movie I've ever seen, or this is utter and complete garbage, right? So we've lost sight of like a movie can just serve its purpose, be a solid little action spy thriller, and you can enjoy your time with it, and, and it can set up the next few in the series, right? This has been in development hell, there wasn't a lot of money behind it, so this was designed to set more up, and I really, I hope it does well enough in the end for them to actually make more, because I think Michael B. Jordan would be great uh, in this kind of continued role. Um but but also we've lost sight of the the mid range in the sense that like oh it's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the DC Universe or this like wildly successful thing it didn't make a billion dollars you know and this movie even if you know COVID had never happened and theater releases were as they were this was never going to make a billion dollars but this was going to make like a nice tidy amount uh, and do pretty well and please the crowd that came in for it. And we'd enjoy ourselves and we'd think pretty highly of it. But instead, it's on streaming and, you know, we don't care about movies that make, you know, anything less than $800 million anymore unless it's a movie with a point, you know, like you bought up, you know, brought up Hulu, you know, getting these Oscar winners, Oscar nominees on their service. So it's like you have, again, you have these two dichotomous areas, like a, a quality film or a wildly successful crowd pleaser. And like, I like the ones in the middle, you know, I love movies like this. I love a movie that is stupid enough to have a car on fire and have our lead just open the door with his bare hand. That fucking rules. I'm sorry. That just makes him more of a badass. And I'm in, you know, he's inside the car talking to this guy with walls of flames around him. How do you not take this? To run an interrogation, yeah. to set a car on fire, and then enter into said car <laughs> yeah. to have your conversation. Yeah. At that is like, you've gone beyond bad cop. Like, that is like, I'm willing to light my body on fire to get answers. That's the guy you talk to. And, you know, like, this is this is the exact type of movie I dig. Like, does it have faults? Absolutely. Are there things I don't like about it? Sure. Like, it's, there's a... There's a sequence where you have two black characters expressing surprise that the country didn't care about them as much as they want, which comes off a little silly and a little tone deaf. Uh, and I was talking to a friend of mine, Richard Newby, um, who's a fairly well-known writer, works for The Hollywood Reporter at this point. But um, he talked about – he talked to a friend of his who was black and who had been in service, and he looked at it like, well, they – maybe they thought – 
because they served, they would be treated differently. And I kind of wish they had thrown that into the dialogue somewhere and that would have really made that scene pop. Instead of it feeling like, really, you have two grown adult black people saying like, well, I really didn't know this country was out to get me. Like, well, <laughs> that seems like, come on, Taylor Sheridan, you wrote this. You, uh, maybe talk to a couple black people about this. <laughs> but And also know. going back to uh, your reference to the great uh, Willem Dafoe, who uh, has, I'm sure has had the same uh, upbringing and background <laughs> as Michael B. Jordan. Exactly. Totally the same. Uh, this is obviously somewhat grafted onto a, uh, what was going to be a 2020 release now 2021 because of COVID. Uh, and I believe the novel came out in like 93, you yeah. know, in the sort of the heyday. <laughs> a little of, different. You know, Clancy, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the Tom Clancy storm that uh, swept the nation uh, back then. So, yes, it is. It just seems like um, I, in some of the other reviews we talked about, like, you know, the politics of the time don't really fit with now. And I'm like, I don't really know what that means in particular, especially like on, as you said, this is a personal revenge story. Yes, right. this guy is well-trained and in the military and blah, blah, blah. He's a, a ghost now, but it's death wish. It's the punisher. hundred percent. death Bill. wish. Yep. So yep. I don't really know how much, uh, you know, the politics of the day are going to be outdated when it comes to personal revenge uh, right. for someone that has this, like, you know, that holds particular up. set of skills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a good point that this is, this is a movie that, you know, uh, was not originally meant for Michael B. Jordan, you know, especially, uh, the book it was based on being written in 1993. You know, these characters are already pretty so- solid in the canon. And I guess originally this was a Tom Hardy vehicle. Um, so this is a, and I still think that's a good movie, but a very different movie, especially in that scene. It makes a little bit more sense. So maybe they just didn't really adjust it. But like all this to say, like, this is a really enjoyable action flick and Michael B. Jordan looks phenomenal. Um, as I said, he kind of looks like a, he looks like a He-Man character. Like it, his body is so built, it almost doesn't look real. Uh, and that's exactly what I want from an action movie. And maybe that comes from being raised on action movies in the eighties when, you know, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were like, had bodies of the gods. And that's what I want from my action movie. It's very different from like a John Wick who is like very lithe and, you know, uses more guns than he does his own, you know, his own like, stature um but this is like a throwback in a lot of ways uh and i you know as a child of the 80s completely dug this and kind of shockingly this is not what i thought when i first put it on i think this is a movie i'm gonna rewatch. like i want to go back to the well and see this again certainly when the uh you know the the, the obvious sequel uh and that that's not a, a spoiler but you look at the poster and it's from the author of rainbow six which is yeah, I guess the title that has more play just from yeah. a uh, video game community sensibility. I also saw a lot of that in this film, that at times it looks like you're in a video game level, the yeah. way the main character uh, isolates himself or through, um, I guess, the destruction of whatever locale they're in, whatever building, mm-hmm. how he becomes isolated and then has to fight his way through back to his group. Felt very much like, uh, if you like <laughs> Tom Glancy, not the author but the name on those uh, computer games. <laughs> books. That you Who gives play. a shit about books, Mike? <laughs> yeah. What is the latest shooter? Uh, I agree with you. When uh, Rainbow Six uh, presumably comes out on Amazon or Paramount, you know, decides to release it theatrically, I don't know what the rights are now. Uh, Amazon definitely in the Jack Ryan business, much like they're trying to get into the Lord of the Rings business. So maybe they're trying to 
consolidate their Tom Clancy power. Let's do it, baby. I'll be there opening day. Let's do it. Weird thing to say in 2021, (laughs) but whatever. Uh, You know, it's it's the great IP wars uh, for streaming (laughs) services. I will, yeah, I will rewatch this uh, when the next one in the series comes up because I did have a good time with it. Yep. Uh, I don't think I'm going to learn anything more, but nor do I no. want to. No, I don't. Care. I'm not here to learn. I'm here to be. I'm here, here to be learn. pleased by this movie. This, this not here <laughs> to read. Michael B. Jordan, you read this to me. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you you're getting what? the money for. That sounds great. Michael B. Jordan could read any book he wants to be. That would be totally fine. I think that'll do it for uh, the second uh, segment for opening weekend wasted. Uh, I don't really like. Uh, using that title, yep. even though that's what I'm calling our new release episodes, yep. because you and I are, are yep. the freaks, apparently. They yep. enjoyed this. Look, this is what this has taught me, Mike, is that um, my my actors who I will watch anything in are better than yours. Because uh, Michael B. Jordan beats Anna Kendrick uh, in our recent wars and new releases, so I feel pretty well, you good can, about this. <laughs> you can throw shade, I guess, my way, uh, and Anna Kendrick's in particular, uh, but if you ever brought up Catherine Heigl, I would never break on that. I don't care what movie we're talking <laughs> <Great>. about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one day she will appear on this podcast. It'll I just happen. I haven't found the right, the right time yet. But um, we have a holiday special coming up next. And this was your selection, uh, Dave. So if you want to oh, – oh, I'm looking at Dave's face and he doesn't remember. <laughs> We've already recorded the episode and he's totally forgotten the conversation. Uh, one of the masters of the form. Hitchcock oh, we're, we're, Mother's appearance. Day is coming up. Yes, you're yes. right. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to watch uh, two movies uh, for that episode, uh, both with the same name, uh, both with many of the same shots. Uh, one beloved and one uh, maybe a little less so, unless you're Michael Denniston. Uh, yeah, we gonna We're going to watch uh, both versions of Psycho. We're going to watch the classic, the Alfred Hitchcock version. And then we're going to watch the uh, the ripoff uh, from Gus Van Sant, uh, who did a quote-unquote shot-for-shot remake, which is not quite true, but mostly true, I would say. Uh, so we're going to check out, you know, one of the greatest directors ever and Gus Van Sant. And we are going to watch one of the greatest movies ever, like on every best of list ever made. So uh, go watch Psycho. It's worth it, even if you've seen it before, even if you feel like you've been spoiled watch psycho and then come back and listen to our next episode yeah just watch the 98 version no stop it